Welcome to the If I Had More Time podcast, hosted by Mariners Church. My name is Liz Powers, our content pastor here at Mariners, and I'm sitting with our Irvine discipleship pastor, John Thomas, and our senior pastor, Eric Geiger, who just recorded the online message for week one of our series, On the Table. Before we get into our discussion about this weekend's message, Eric, I would love for you to just share a little bit about why we're doing this. Why are we doing the If I Had More Time podcast or what's even that story behind the name for you? Yeah, If I Had More Time. I, I thought about should it be If I Had Less Time because there's a there's a quote by Mark Twain. I, I would have written a shorter letter, but I didn't have enough time, so I wrote a long one instead, meaning that it actually takes more time to have a shorter message. So the reality is I <clears throat> my messages are you know 32 to 36 minutes, somewhere in there. And there's a lot that doesn't go into the message that gets lost during the preparation time. Not because it's not great, but because there's this time constraint. And people have said, hey, can I get the notes that you that you didn't bring in with you? Or could we ever have a after session where you share more? So we just thought, at least for this series, for On the Table, let's, let's uh, talk about it. And there might be some stuff that comes out that if I had more time, we would have shared. That's great. You well, know? we've got all the time right now. We got all time. <laughs> so let's just let it rip, right? So enjoy the ride on the 405. <laughs> the mountain bike, the treadmill, yes. whatever we're doing. That's, That's good. Great, man. That's good. I love it. It's, I think it's uh, interesting too, as as a communicator, to to get a little bit behind the scenes of the thought process and what it actually takes to do what you do every week yeah. and to present it. But then also, yeah, there's just so much more content that. You could, but you got to choicefully. We think about every minute, right? In our weekend experience, totally. when we gather, it's very thoughtful and intentional. But yeah, there's always so much more that we think we could yeah. um, discover and unpack together. So that's what we're going to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. And it, I mean, I've gotten to watch throughout the preparation for this series, you just scour so many resources, books, and I know that people want to hear. So yeah. uh, if you, what are some that didn't make it into the sermon or maybe some that have just been super formative for you on this topic for Can I Trust the Bible? He just he just finished preaching the yeah. sermon for the online message on, and answering the question, Can I Trust Can't, the Bible? Yeah. Uh, what were what were some things, some resources that really yeah. <clears throat> shaped you? So there's some sermons coming up that I think I've I read way more resources than this one. So like we have sermons on gender and sexuality coming up. I've, I've probably read like 12 or 15 books mm-hmm. per one of those. And I asked myself, like, why didn't I read as many uh, on this one? And I, and I will in a moment share, what, share what's helpful. But of all the questions that we're putting on the table, I think everybody's going to have different ones that is a more pressing one for them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually probably the least pressing for me, meaning when I became a Christian— I really believed this one more easily than I believed other ones. So my mom became a Christian reading the Bible. So because of that, I, I just grew up hearing a, a high view of the Scripture, right? So she wasn't in church. She read Mark eight thirty four. If anyone will come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. And so she got saved reading the Bible, you know? Um, and you know, James chapter one says he gives us birth through the word of truth. Well, that that's what happened to my mom. There's that. I started speaking at a young age after becoming a Christian, and I just sensed power when I taught the scripture. Um, I had done speaking and drama stuff in high school, 
but holding the, the puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> about drama stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drama yeah. stuff. Like Your favorite videos, role. <laughs> mime. <after laughs> I was a I was a juggling mime guy. I was multiple. It was multiple things we did. Okay. Were any of them musical numbers? I cannot sing at all. No, but I did. Uh, I was in talented drama in high school, um, and 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 I you know I love the arts. I appreciate the arts big time. Yeah. I wish I could sing. Yeah. And so New Orleans has a little bit of an arts culture, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. we did stuff down in the in the French Quarter mm -hmm. and doing we would we would do like street performing, even even our our uh, high school class. So, uh, but but I never sensed power uh, till I held the Bible. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. there's a story that is impacts me. This would it would have if I had more time. This would have probably been in the the sermon. Um, Billy Graham and Charles yeah. Templeton, they were both young preachers in their young 20s for Youth for Christ. And Templeton started questioning the Bible. And this happened like just close to where we live, uh, Forest Home. Billy Graham said, man, I, I just, I, I'm going to believe this and teach this. And he, he had this moment with God in the woods there by Forest Home where he put the Bible down and said, I, I, when I preach this, there's power when I believe this, there's life. I'm believing this Bible. I'm trusting this Bible. Um, and then in Lee Strobel's book, Case for Faith, he has an interview with Templeton. Uh, and it's really a chilling story of Templeton's kind of essentially dying. And he asked him about why he walked away and from the faith and stopped believing in the Bible. And, and then he asked him about Jesus, and Templeton starts crying about how much he misses Jesus. And so when you look at the Bible and you realize it's really the story about Jesus and it's ultimately getting you to Jesus. So I'm not putting, saying, saying I'm Billy Graham. I'm saying that I had a similar early in my faith just belief this is from, from God, the this, this Scripture. I'm going to believe this Scripture. Now, there's a bunch of stuff we're putting on the table. Like I have – I spent years struggling with hell, years struggling with suffering. Um, believing that this is God's word was, and I, I'm saying that not like I'm stronger or more intellectual. Right. Uh, that was a gift. Like he gave me the gift of belief that this is his word. That's right. right. The gift and then the discipline and the continual exercise that's and the thing, engagement. Like, and that's the other thing. I saw so much change in my life when I read, read the Bible. And like, here's something else that didn't make it. Um, I was a part of a massive research project back in the day called Transformational Discipleship. And we found the biggest impact to somebody becoming more Christian or living a, a, a more godly life is time in the Bible. Yeah. Like the Bible changes you. And so it's not just a book. It's it's yeah. the it's the sharp word of God. And so when you know that from an experiential standpoint, and you also know that from an empirical standpoint. That's right. I mean, there is there is something where I could be wrong, but it seems sort of in vogue um, to sort of question, doubt, become a skeptic with scriptures, where we kind of lean into our doubts and we lean away from our convictional beliefs, which is why a message like this is no. I think so you're important. right. I think I don't know. I don't know what where that came from, but I, yeah. I do agree with your phrase in vogue. And I don't know if it ebbs and flows in the culture among Christians, but it did seem maybe we're coming out of it or maybe we're still in it, that there was a time where to show that you had some intellectual savvy, you it, it, it would be to ask some questions about this, 
the authority of Scripture in your life? Like, can we really? We have to remember, though, in Genesis three, that sin first entered the world with, "Did God really say?" You know, um, Satan to to Adam and Eve, "Did God really say?" But I, I do think we've lived through that. My generation has, where you almost showed that you were intellectual by not trusting, but by asking. Again, there's nothing wrong with. Totally. I think there's a difference between questions and totally. questioning. That's yeah. good. Like having That's sincere good. questions and then like like questioning with an attempt to destroy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I can remember. I've, mm. I've wrestled with some weighty things that I clearly was reading in Scripture and understood it with my mind but had a hard time like – believing it to be true. Yes, I get that. And and the and it was a wrestle of faith. Like it was like I'm it's if you could picture me lovingly taking Jesus by the collar mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. tell me like, help me to help yeah. me understand, you know. Totally. What what would you guys say to somebody who's like walking through that? Like how do we help them? What would we tell them to pray? Like what would what would that wrestle look like spiritually on this yeah. topic of can I trust the Bible if they want to in faith? No, that's good. But they're struggling. I think that if they have the want to, it's like just realize how much God loves you, that he gave you that want to. So if you're like, hey, I want to believe the Bible, I'd be like, man, you you are in such a beautiful spot because Jesus loves you so much mm-hmm. because he's given you that that hunger, right? Yeah. Um, I think we Susan Lim's video, which we played so good. This, the, in, in this message, um, she had that, you know, where she's as, she's a Christian. Uh, her insight here is so awesome. So I'm a, she's in my life group. So th- this is yeah. so this is a podcast. I'm just going to say all the connections, right? All, <laughs> all the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been in a life group together for four years. Her and her husband Brian, uh, not just them, but other couples too. They're 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 two kids, Josephine and JD. Um, they are they're an amazing family. It's like a, we've been in a life group together for a year when I, when one day at their home, I, I see she, she has a handwritten copy of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So she's literally written wow. the entire Bible out by hand, and it's beautiful. Like my handwriting's atrocious. Her, <laughs> her handwriting's beautiful. And so that's when I started really asking her about her relationship with the Bible. She had become a Christian. She calls that her first confession. So when you believe in Jesus, first confession. And then she calls the second confession when you choose to believe that this is God's word and I'm going to submit my life to it. And she said you can be a you can be a Christian with the first confession. Like you there's people who are Christians with the first confession but they don't haven't done the second confession. But you can't grow and really enjoy life until the second confession. Yeah. And so for her uh, it was basically God if this is your word show me. You know, asking asking like confirm in me that I can trust your word. Confirm in me that this is from you. So I, if, I would say that to the person. Like, hey, if you want this, if you if you want to know, God's giving you that desire. And just just pray. That's just it. spend time with him. Just ask him to show you. That's right. He gives you the will and the desire to act, right? That's his work in you, calling you into himself, yeah. right? What would you say, man? You, you pastor a bunch of people in the patio. Mm-hmm. Somebody, oh, someone asked you that this weekend. Oh. Dude, help me, bro. I want to believe this. You know, sometimes people, <laughs> I love Mary's people, dude. Yeah, they'll yeah. be like straight up. I don't believe, and they'll even drop a curse word. Yeah. I don't believe, I don't this, believe stuff. this stuff. I don't <laughs> but, believe this stuff. Help me. Help yeah, me. Well, there is such a difference between wanting to intellectually believe something to be true. I think often people are wanting to help me check all these boxes of opposition of why 
I, I can't believe the Bible to be true versus the experiential side of actually putting into practice. God is faithful to his word. Yeah. He keeps his promises. It's, it's useful for us. And when we actually not just try to check the boxes of our own stumbling blocks of disbelief, but we put it into practice, we see it time and time again that God is faithful, that he shows up, that he begins to refine our hearts, that he puts his desire within us. Yeah. Once you get the taste of what it's like, right? Taste, and, taste and see. Once you taste and see it, once you start to yeah. experience it, you just want nothing more but of that. But we often become our own stumbling block, right? Yeah. God's so gracious that he does it even without you know, our perfection. If that was the case, then we're all outside of the door, right? For you, I'm curious. Yeah. When, oh. when, when was, what was your biggest struggle with the scripture and how, how did you work through it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like I was thinking about that, uh, I'm somebody that grew up in church. Yeah. So I've been around church my, my whole life. My parents were pastors. And for me, it was probably the familiarity breeds contempt a bit mm. of almost an overexposure. Mm. And when did that show up? I mean, it was all, it was probably always there. It so, was always there, yeah. but you get to recognize that the older that you grow up when you're around that high school age yeah. mm-hmm. and, you know, you're trying to find your own way in your own faith and mm-hmm. figure out how you're going to make meaning of what you've, you've seen and what you've experienced. And, and it kind of becomes like this backdrop cultural thing that was always there rather than this metabolizing spirit of God within you that mobilizes you to enact the kingdom of God in and through your life. Yeah. yeah. And so that comes through wrestling for me. That came through wrestling with a deeper understanding of wanting to know what it is behind what I believe. How'd you, get on, the other, how'd you get on the other side of the wrestling? Uh, how, leaning into it. Yeah. Leaning into it. I saw a lot of folks that walked away from it. Yep. A lot of folks that said, well, I tried this and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. God said this promise about my marriage or about my finance. And that stuff is contextually misplaced. They have yes. a certain assumption of the scripture. Yep. They like plug it into a formula and it didn't mm-hmm. do this thing that it said it was going to do. Therefore, it must not be true. Or, or I mean, that ha- I see that happen oh. where the scripture then is used as almost like a like a business plan for totally. your life or a get rich scheme for your life. Yeah. And which I, is why I try to emphasize that it's a story. Yeah. Because sometimes the formula doesn't work. That's right. Yeah. You know? That's right. And we hear that, right? Because my, 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 my mom gets cancer or my spouse has a car accident or my kid, you know, if you look at the scripture from a lens of I, everything's going to be flowery in my life, yeah. man, you can get disappointed. Oh. The scripture is for us. It's not ultimately about us, right? It's right. about him it's and his, his nature story, and totally. what he... Yeah. And so even when we put ourselves in the middle of the narrative and all these things are for me and about me uh-huh. and my happiness and my well-being, yeah. and God wants that for us. That's who he right. is. But, but we set the, ourselves up for disappointment. So much. And then, and that, I mean, you can still have... I, you know, I kind of made fun of the term mm. in the teaching, main character energy, and use the Bible for your main character energy. Yeah, totally. You could still like set up yourself as the authority and the Bible is a tool to help you. That's right. <laughs> and you're going to get disappointed yes. when that happens. Yeah. And so I think that's what I see. That's probably what I saw in those around me. Uh, but you grow in maturity. You grow yeah. in understanding of what the scripture actually is and who's behind it. And it reveals Jesus. It's all about, it's all about him. And it fills you with excitement for what he wants to do. Yeah. So Liz, you, to use Liz, uh, Susan's term, yeah. second confession. Mm. Yeah. Did your second confession happen? So mine happened really close to my first confession. Yeah. So that's like, there's other things I've wrestled with, but become a Christian. I mean, I think it was pretty much simultaneous for me. Yeah. I, I But I had like been bruised by the world and yeah. disappointed mm-hmm. by the world, right? Um, 
your the distance between your first confession, I love Jesus, and second confession, I'm going to believe this Bible. Yeah, I I'm honestly so shocked that this memory just came up for me like right now in this moment. Um, I I kind of I don't really have that moment that I started following Jesus that I can remember. Um, I know that I was invited by a neighbor to church in middle school and started to understand who Jesus was and fell in love with him. Because you didn't grow up in, you did not, your church, your family didn't go to church. Right, right. So sometime in middle school, I was captivated and I knew he was the truth. Mm -hmm. And then in high school, I went to this small church in my hometown in Georgia and my pastor, he taught on uh, Psalm 22, where he cries out, my God, my yes. God, why have you forsaken me? And he, he, he preached the whole message on when Jesus cries out on the cross cool. with that. And so then whenever he's, he points back to Psalm 22, yeah. it was the first time for me that I was like, this, this, this God is true and real, and yeah. this word is good for me. That's good. And then, I mean, so that that was when that would be my second confession. And then in college, sometime I had a couple of women in my community, again in a rural town in Georgia, <laughs> that they used to come in to my house and bring us treats, and would just open up the word of God with us. And that was that was when regularly I started to see it come alive and see that it was how I was going to know my creator. That's like good. there was a person that I was understanding mm -hmm. because of this scripture. Yeah, see that, I love that story in yours too. You, you said the word experience, JT. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping that, you know, from the, the weekend teaching, not just this weekend, but all of them, I'm, if we really can get people in the Bible, yeah. You know, that's why we have that annual read. It is not a dead book. No. And so, you you know, the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and does a work in your life, you mm -hmm. know. So, you know, I'll go full circle to your question. What do I hope, you know, people just start reading the Scripture. You yep. know, hey, Eric, I want to believe this. Just start reading and asking God to. Oh my gosh. Asking God to meet you. It's going to blow you away. Yeah, that's right. And Absolutely. as you mentioned too, right? The gift of reading it in community, being with others. I mean, yeah, you're talking huge. about the experience of your life for the last four years. You mentioned those that haven't jumped into Rooted yet. Man, get in there. Study scripture totally. in community. See what God is doing, not just in your life. But yep. you, you're often blind to what God is doing. You can't see it in yourself sometimes, but others can see it in you. It's so important. It, it, and honestly, I think bad theology sometimes happens when Bible's read and not in community. Right. Agreed. You know, like community... I mean, even my sermons, people look at, you know, yeah. like, because yeah. Yeah. you can go down a rabbit hole of some idea in your mind, you know, like mm -hmm. it takes God pulling other people to help you see the whole, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So. Oh, Eric, you hit on some, I mean, just easy, tangible, so like uh, easy to adopt points in this message this weekend. What What do you think is something that a person might, might wrestle with. Yeah. But what's going to be the most challenging from this message for people? Uh, the word authority. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's um, okay. Even outside of the cultural moment we find ourselves in, that's a hard word. Like I'm realizing as I'm saying the word as I'm teaching, like every bit of me apart from Jesus resist somebody else being my authority. Mm -hmm. I want to be my own authority. Yeah. So that's even before you enter the cultural landscape that we find ourselves in now, which is a heavy dose of you being your own authority. Mm -hmm. So every person who heard this sermon, <laughs> I mean, there's 168 hours in a week. 
they likely have had dozens of hours just in the last month of messages about them being their own authority or some other authority or just no authority, no authority. And I have the audacity to stand in front of a group of people and tell them that God's story is the ultimate authority for you. I think it's a hard thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so against the norm right now. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, it seems counterintuitive to put restraints on my life, restrictions on my life yeah. that are going to lead to freedom and fulfillment. But that's the subversive nature of the kingdom, the gospel, the scriptures that we read. But you're right. That's a that's a hard one to navigate, especially during during these times. We we want things our way in our terms, and if they don't work in our way in our terms, then we're out because it didn't work. We define working by did it work for me and what I want. And it, dude, it's funny you say like on our terms. I was thinking how different my life now versus my daughter's life as a teenager, my life when I was a teenager. Yeah. Take us back. <laughs> do you remember Do you remember back in the day? I don't know how we, far back in the day we, we had to walk to school in the snow. Well, we're close yeah. in age, but... No, I, um, I remember... So there wasn't... I, I didn't have CDs yet. Like I, no. There, there, no way. There's no mixtapes uh, that, that you could buy, so you had to make your own. Yeah. So I remember having like this boom box... You know, the two fingers on the record and the play button and waiting till your favorite song on the radio and then hit record and record the song and then, you know, wait another hour for the next favorite song to basically build your own mixtape. I'm with you. I used to do that over my Christian tapes. Did you really? And then I put them back in my Christian tape cover. But uh uh-uh. I'm listening to KML Jams in the Bay Area, man. I'm listening to all the all the hits, but nobody knows because it's in my DC Talk cover. Uh, oh, you know what I'm saying? See, see you see I didn't have any DC talk because I, I, I had I had all the shady stuff. You, um, so I did too, but it was hidden. It, you, yeah. So that's my See, story. That's, what year did you graduate high school? Uh-oh. You ask me right now? In front of everybody. What do you think? 98? Uh, 90, 90, 98. 90, I guess right. 98. Yeah, 98. Yeah, I was, I was 94. Yeah, you I'm were. I'm an old man. Yep. We're not even going to ask Liz. 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 I know. I, we, how old were you? Hey, when did you graduate high school? 2014. No way. Oh, shoot. What were you doing? 2014. I was in my. I, I, I had multiple kids by then. Oh, dang! I was 14 years married. Oh my gosh! Working here at Mariners Church. I'm an Let's old. Go. I'm an old man. Okay, so back in the day, the the speed now of my kids getting any anything they want to listen to, they literally, yeah, they can type it in yeah. in a, in a second. Yeah. And I think that feeds into the to the to the authority. Everything yeah. is built around your life for you to get what you want as fast as you want it. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. for someone to really, they have to, to really believe that God's the better authority for yeah, you. Yeah. It's faith. It takes faith. But he really is. Yeah, I mean, look look at the times when we've been our own authority. Mm-hmm. We destroy ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Man, I know that every listener is on the other side, on the edge of their seat, because we haven't answered the first question what was the about first question? the resources. Oh, resources. <laughs> okay. All right. so, so we got to hear from All right. you before we end this. Let me, uh, <laughs> I'll, mention, I'll mention three. I said that like when we do the gender and sexuality talks, I'll have a ton more, but um, I'll mention three. So Confronting Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. Yep. Uh, that book, we, we actually had our whole staff read it. It has a lot of the questions, and one of the, the questions in the book, chapter six, is how can you take the Bible literally? Mm-hmm. So it's a, that's a great chapter if you just get Rebecca McLaughlin's book, um, How Can You Take the Bible Literally? By the way, I, I had a pastor tell me one time, we don't read the Bible literally, we read it normally, meaning you understand the meaning of, of what was said. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus said, 
if your eye causes you to sin, cut it out. We don't read that literally. We believe that Jesus was teaching a literal truth, right. which was you should be viciously attacking sin in your life. But yeah. anyway, uh, but that's how you can take uh, the Bible literally. Um, that's for page 95 in her book, Confronting Christianity. Um, I mentioned Lee, Lee Strobel's book, Case for Faith. Mm-hmm. He's got um, He's got some great answers to questions in that one, but then there's also his book, Case for Christ. Yeah has some questions about the scripture that he answers in that one. And then if you want to know more about, you know, how do we get the canon, which is the 66 books we have now, um, I referenced, you know, how many more manuscripts we have compared to other ancient writings. Uh, Great truths like that are found in this book, A Visual Theology to the Bible, and it's by Tim Chalice and Josh Byers, A Visual Theology Guide, Guide to the Bible. So I think we could maybe we can link those or yeah, we got it. We got you it. heard it, linked. guys. We'll we be linking it. it. We'll link the, them. The so that's notes. that's three for this one. Um, but really, because the the sermons about the Bible, as we said, reading the Bible and asking God to yeah. meet you there will be the best thing you can do. Right. Amazing. So if I had yeah. more time, we got twenty five minutes. Yeah, you feel like we got it. <laughs> so if we added this twenty five minutes to the sermon, it'd have been a fifty minute sermon. Hey man, that parking lot would be a nightmare. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be a mess. <laughs> People are up for it, but I think we'll keep doing these, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So be sure to join us next week for the If I Had More Time podcast. Eric is going to be answering the question: Is there only one way to God? Can Can you give us a teaser on the answer? <laughs> Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The way, not a way, the way. People do think that to say that is arrogant. And so similar to like the intellectual way to not, to to try to be position yourself as not being arrogant, they'd say, you know, I really, wouldn't all religions just be the same? But that actually is really arrogant to say that because then you're assuming you know all the religions and and it's also super offensive. Mm-hmm. So a devout Muslim, a devout Christian, a devout Hindu, none of us would say our religion is the same. Mm-hmm. Like they're very, very different. And and so we're gonna look to see what Jesus says about the way to heaven, the way to real life. You're ready to preach that thing right now. Yep. I could probably start right now. <laughs> <laughs> And then we'll all gather again to record another podcast for for what doesn't get included in the message. So hope you guys join us. Hope to see you at one of our congregations in Southern California or online next weekend as well. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great one.